What's up, everyone? We're here for a pre-trade deadline edition of Locked On Bucks. What does that mean for Milwaukee? Uh, who really knows? <laughs> Having said that, we thought similar thing leading into days towards uh, the trade deadline last year as well. So we'll talk about some of the names that have been floating out there. We'll break it all down. And then by the time you listen to this, uh, who knows? Maybe full chaos has uh, gone on around the league. It's the most interesting time of the year if you're an NBA fan that likes the roster moves and all those types of things. So we're going to break it all down. And then, of course, uh, we do have a matchup with the Phoenix Suns, arguably the game of the season to have a look at as well. So we're going to get into that. Let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm your host, Cam Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. Uh, joining me for the second time this week from the Bucks Radio Network. And of course, our uh, very, very regular co-host here on Locked on Bucks is Justin Garcia. And today's episode is brought to you. Uh, what is today's episode brought to you by? Bet Online. Bet Online has you You're covered. Me. <laughs> Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online where the game starts. And we thank you for making Locked On Bucks your first listen of every single day, uh, particularly yesterday. And I mentioned it at the start of the podcast. I wasn't at home. I didn't have my microphone. Yes, I listened back to listen to that audio, and it was rough times on my end. So apologies again for that. But, uh, you know, when the Bucks beat the Lakers, Giannis has a performance like that. The people are going to come. They're going to listen to the podcast. It's already our most listened podcast uh, over the last 30 days. So, you know, Giannis, he has that type of performance. It's a shame my audio quality wasn't up to the quality of Giannis yesterday in LA. But nonetheless, we appreciate you guys listening to the show. Uh, Justin, this is an interesting time of year. Uh, let's just cut straight to the chase here. Uh, do you think the Bucks are making a move? Do you have any feeling in your, in your body, any type of inkling of what's going to uh, go down here? Yeah, I thought you were going to ask, do you have any intel? Um, do you have any intel? I do. No, um, <laughs> I I, uh, I do think they'll make a move. Hmm. I don't think it. I don't think it's going to be anything massive. Um, I think at the very least they'll just move somebody to shed some salary. So that's what I'm anticipating. And because of, we all know what the headlines are of you know the the Nets and the 76ers continuing to play footsie with each other. The Lakers and LeBron has a history of blowing up the roster at trade deadline. It seems like they're trying to do that again. Uh, in terms of assets and what the Bucks have to give up, it's it's obviously very low on the list. So I think they'll do something. I think it's going to be really small, and I think because of that, it's probably not going to be until later in the day when uh, other teams have already kind of figure it out. Okay. This is let's work with this team on this. And if something falls through, then it's, Hey, are, are the bucks still offering Jordan Warren and this guy for, you know, a second round pick and something else. Let's, let's revisit that. So I would anticipate it'll be like one o'clock central time that something happens for the bucks. All right. So I listen, there's no secret. Every rumor that's out there, every report that's out there is, is virtually circled around 
uh, Dante DiVincenzo. That's that's just what's out there. And we'll see whether Dante uh, is still with the Bucks. Uh, of course, we mentioned the story he had with Eric Name, uh, the one-on-one uh, about a week or so ago. And he's also very aware. He understands. He's been in this situation before. He was traded. And then uh, the trade didn't go through. Is a great part of Bucks' recent history. But uh, it's going to be interesting. I, I've obviously said, and people that listen to this podcast regularly know that I am a fan of Dante DiVincenzo. No, I don't think he's going to be an all-star player, but I think he's a valuable role player in this league. And I guess the question for me, and we've seen all sorts of reports about what type of player they could get. Uh, to me, there is two angles if the Bucks want to add a player via trade they can go down. Now, one, of course, is the big man. And uh, that could either be a guy that you want just to add to the depth, or that could be a guy because despite all the positive reports, you are still very concerned about the viability of Brook Lopez playing for this team. The other part that has kind of come uh, to the forefront in the last week or so is potentially a backup point guard because George Hill, uh, he's getting older. There's no doubt about that. And there may be some concerns around uh, his health. And I think that that's legitimate. We saw last year that the Bucks, despite the fact you, you shorten the rotation, you still, it's handy if you don't have to play the Jeff Teague type uh, minutes leading into the playoffs. That's no disrespect to Jeff Teague. That's just the reality. It was tough times when he was out there on the floor. So maybe there is some concern around George Hill. And if they did trade for a point guard, we've heard Dennis Schroeder as part of the sort of rumors reports the last week or so. That would tell me that they maybe have some concerns about George Hill. I think he might be the Kurt Angle of this team. I, I texted uh, Eric Name and Frank and everyone, and I said, I can see it now. Game six of the NBA Finals. George Hill has 15 points, and after the game, they give him the mic. And he says, if you remember, the Bucs won the title, and I scored 15 points with a broken freaking neck. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> I hope that's where you go. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, yeah, uh, I just... Look, like I, I, I'm kind of straddling the fence here where I, I do think they'll do something, but I wouldn't be shocked if it's just unloading one of the contracts that was signed in the offseason just to shed a little bit of tax payment. Okay. Um, but I think Frank was who I saw talking about this on Twitter earlier today, and I agree with him that I know everybody has kind of keyed in on Mo Bamba for the last month or so, maybe even longer than that. And before it, it was Miles Turner. And, and we saw some report from some website I've never even heard of saying, hey, the Bucks are interested in Miles Turner. Like, great, I'm interested in a lot of things, but it's not going to happen. Yeah. Um, but the Mo Bamba point that, that I think it was Frank that made, I completely agree with in that I just don't get the sense that they have the ship has sailed on Brooke Lopez returning. Now, we're obviously not going to hear Bud come out and say, yeah, he's doing great. He's going to be back in two weeks. Uh, but it does seem like where there's smoke, there's fire, and we're starting to hear more and more. We heard all along they were optimistic he would be back. Zach Lowe was the one that had it first, that they're pretty optimistic he would be back and he'd be back before the playoffs. You're hearing more that trends towards that. So I choose to believe Brooke Lopez will be back at some point this season. Now, what version of Brooke Lopez and, and what percent will he be or how much can you rely on him? That remains to be seen, but I, I think he'll be back. So it doesn't make sense to bring in a, a Mo Bamba type if that's the case, because he's not going to play ahead of Brooke Lopez, especially if we think Giannis is going to play a lot of five in the playoffs. So to me, the biggest thing to circle is what every team needs and more wing depth, but especially 
uh, more shooting in the backcourt and more point guard help. And, you know, the other funny thing is it's kind of like the discussion we had last year where you can't have it both ways, that you can't tell the Bucks and Bucks fans, what, two years ago, hey, great that you have so much depth, but that's not what's important. You know, the, the starters are what's important in the playoffs. And then when they go down that path last year, most of the conversation was, well, great, but their bench is depleted and they have no one. It's kind of the same thing with the Dante argument, that now it seems like everybody is trending towards, well, they got to trade Dante to Vincenzo. Just because between him and Jordan Wara, those are probably the two best assets they have, not in terms of contract, but just in terms of young guys. But, I mean, depending on what you would get back, you're not really solving a problem. that Right now, Dante is, if not your best bench scorer, one of your best bench scorers, and they don't have any of that to begin with. So if you're telling me you're trading out a known commodity with this team in an area that you struggle, you better be getting something that you know is going to help you immediately, especially in that area, because right now you're going to have to lean on Dante. And I still think Dante would play valuable minutes for this team in the postseason. Me too. And I feel like that's an unpopular opinion. I wouldn't bet on a return date for Brooke Lopez, uh, but uh, if you are listening to this podcast and even the word bet uh, has your ears pricked up, then you should go to bet online because it has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football continues its march through the playoffs right to the big game in, uh, I was, I was, a couple of weeks here, but it's a couple of days now, Rams and the Bengals there. So betonline.net remains the best spot for all your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. And it's not just football. Ben Online has up-to-the-minute info on pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, along with real live uh, updates of the current game. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2022 season. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Uh, well, we are right there. And if you're listening to this podcast prior to the trade deadline, which of course you would be because we know that Locked On Bucks is your first listener of every day, then the NBA trade deadline uh, show on the Locked On NBA podcast network will have Kim Becker, John Corrales, and Josh Lloyd from 2 p.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, they'll have analysis of every blockbuster move. All you have to do is subscribe to Locked On NBA on YouTube, turn the notifications on. Uh, so you know when they go live. So just to continue the conversation on the big department, and, you know, I, I have found it a little, I almost feel a little bit bad for Shami Ojale. We've seen some reports during the week that a player like Grant Williams might be on the radar for the Bucks. Now, personally, if I had the choice between Dennis Schroeder or Grant Williams, I'm more interested in Grant Williams, this guy that can right. knock down that three, that corner three to a pretty decent percentage. Now, I know that we also had that conversation about Shemi Ojale, but uh, he has proven to be able to do it. He's actually been playing, and he is that kind of versatile defender, undersized, no doubt, but he can play multiple positions. So, uh, again, I've said that I think it's the term the PJ Tucker replacement has been overused this year because I just don't think that you can do it Again, unless you are getting a guy like uh, my man from the Sydney Kings, Jay Sean Tate, if you could somehow swing a trade to get him, I'd be interested, even though he's not a guy that is probably well-known uh, around the traps. But Grant Williams is someone that I'm interested in. But in terms of trading for a Mo Bumba, I just don't really care about it. So I'm like, why? I mean, I, I get it that he's an interesting prospect moving forward. But if you do feel like you have concern about a, a big man, and I wouldn't trade Dante because I agree with you. I think that he could be valuable. I would be hoping that you have some sort of deal set up to get Robin Lopez back in the fold if he's bought out. 
Uh, or again, as we've discussed at length, he's not a traditional center, but a guy like Thad Young that looks like he's heading towards a, a buyout. So rather than trade Dante, I would hope that the Bucks, who have had a pretty good record in recent years at these buyout guys, uh, getting one of those two, whether it's Thad Young or potentially uh, Robin Lopez. That's kind of where I sit. I don't know if I would be trading for a big unless it made real sense. Well, and I, I feel like we've kind of centered in, and I brought him up on Mo Bamba, but I mean, let's let's just flesh that one out. So he's in the same spot as Dante, that he's a restricted free agent this summer. So if you trade for him, you're doing so basically saying, hey, we're going to sign this guy in the offseason. And to me, again, that's kind of tough. Or you're not. Or, or, or you're not, though, and you're just saying that yeah. we think Mo Bamba is more important for us to win a title this year, which I would sure. think is kind of a – it's a – who who knocks? Yeah, I mean, I I think at best that's 50-50. That again, it it a lot of it would have to do with the help the health of Brook Lopez in either scenario in terms of how much is he going to help you in the playoffs and how much of a piece will he be with this team moving forward? Um, because again, if if Brook Lopez is back and even able to give you fifteen minutes a night, twenty minutes a night, sporadically even in the regular season and about 10 to 15 minutes in the postseason, Mo Bamba's not really going to see the floor unless you run into foul trouble with Giannis. So in that uh, scenario, Dante is already more valuable to this team in the playoffs than Mo Bamba would be. So I think that the interesting part that the Bucks find themselves in, and we've talked about this earlier throughout the season as well, is the Dante component, it's a tough spot because that's that's really the only asset they have that carries – any value of significance. Jordan War is still very unknown and the contract is very, very small. So you're not going to get anything back there. Um, but Dante is it. And if you make a move with Dante DiVincenzo now, I don't know, number one, what value you would get back given him returning from another injury and most teams not really getting a chance to see that consistency develop just yet. Uh, so whoever traded for him would say, hey, we've seen enough of him to know and we feel pretty good that this guy is going to meet his potential moving forward. But the financial component is the other part that to me, it just it just makes more sense to I mean, it's going to sound worse than I intended to be, but to bite the bullet and pay Dante DiVincenzo in the offseason, because then you at least have one of those mid tier contracts. That's a movable asset. That's the one thing that's missing right now. You can sign him and then say, okay, we're actually going to move on and we're going to move him for this. But right now the Bucs can't do that. That's the problem they have with this roster is it's all max contracts and low value guys. Yeah, and we don't know with, and this is something that we discussed. So while I said that I think if you are moving Dante, it's for a move that you think is going to help you right now. Uh, it's also important to note, and this is why I'm pushing back on trading Dante for a big is because if Lopez, uh, look, if the Bucks know something that they're not revealing and they know that he's not playing, then okay, fine. In a month's time or in two months' time, I'll say, okay, you understood what I don't sitting here. And that makes perfect sense. That's a perfectly fine trade. But if they did trade for Mo Bumba, for instance, and then Brook Lopez comes back, he's never playing. Whereas, yeah. Don whereas Dante actually is going to play. So that's why I don't like the idea of that trade. Again, if you are in a position to bring someone in for nothing in a couple of weeks' time or in a week's time, yeah. then that makes more sense. And just to your point about paying Dante, we talk about the tax and all this money that they're going to spend. But as we pointed out on yesterday's pod and over the last few days, with Pat Connaughton and Bobby Porter's playing the way they are, I know that everyone likes to think that, well, you have this deal set up and you'll be able to pay him and they'll get a pay rise and everything will be fine. 
uh, you don't know that there's other teams out yeah. there saying, Bobby Porters, we'll give him $100 million. Pat Connaughton, you want a $65 million deal? Okay, we'll do that, which is not going to happen in Milwaukee. Like, that's just the reality. And no one can sit here and blame those guys for taking that money as loyal as they've been and the success that they've had there. Get paid. So then what do you do? You don't have Dante. That might be a situation where his value to this team would be increased moving forward. Yeah, I, I think uh, Pat is really... Maybe I'm just naive, but it, it seems like Bobby Portis has found a home here and, and whatever it takes to stay, he's going to be willing to do that. Pat to me is if the difference not, is 40 million and a hundred million. Well, okay. Well, right. Right. I okay. Mean, well, yes. we'll, now now yes. you can say now you can say a hundred million dollars is a ridiculous number. Whatever. Forty million to eighty million. Right. No. I mean, yes. If somebody makes the offer that the Bucks say, hey. Bobby, great, but uh, we're only willing to give you half as much as this offer. Then, yes, you have to take the offer that Bobby Portis can't do this two years in a row. But I still feel pretty optimistic he'll be back. Pat, to me, is the interesting one that he's just added so much value uh, the last three years. Year after year, he's increased every aspect of his game, really, where he's become a bona fide outside shooter this year. We know about his ability to rebound and play up a position and – what he brings overall defensively, that he is a perfect glue guy for any contending team. So he's a guy that I would be a little more weary of one of those teams that's on the fringe saying, this is a guy that immediately upgrades our bench and he can be the seventh or eighth guy on a team that we expect to make a deep playoff run. So that's where I would have some concerns of of maintaining the overall integrity of this roster. Um, I just, I don't know. I, I know I said, I, I think they're going to make a move. I just don't think Dante DiVincenzo is going to be moved. I don't know if it's just posturing, but we've heard throughout the week more and more reports of, hey, the Bucs are really high. And of course they're going to say that, but hey, the Bucs are really high on Dante and and they anticipated all along to sign Dante and a Grayson Allen that I just think you're not going to get the value that you would have a year ago for Dante DiVincenzo, that he was the centerpiece of the Bogdanovich trade you're not going to get that for Dante at the market right now because he's rehabbing from the injury. So uh, you and I are in the same boat that I, I am, I guess, higher on Dante than it seems like most Bucks fans. And I think he's still going to play a big role in the postseason, assuming he's on the roster. So all that being said, I mean, it, it would take a lot for me to move him and bring somebody else in that may be an unknown. I, I know right before we started taping Jake Fisher at his, his recent report, uh, saying the Bucks and Wizards were talking and KCP was in there, but you know, KCP is making a, making three times as much as Dante. So Jordan Wara and other guys would be involved in that deal. And, and it kind of goes back to the other point of that's the difficult spot this team is in. And, and it's, it's why it made the PJ Tucker decision even more painful that that at least was one of those contracts that if PJ wasn't playing to the same level, he'd still be one of those mid-tier deals that you could use in a trade, and they just don't have any of those. All right. I got a scenario for you just considering that you brought that up because I think that that is really interesting, and we're doing this on the fly here, and these reports are coming through as we are rolling. Uh, but uh, the Bucks may have options with some trades they do, but uh, you don't always have options when you go into a car store and you're looking for the parts that you need. But you will if you go to rockauto.com, our longtime sponsors of the podcast, you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, or even 100% more for the same parts from that chain store that I was talking about or car dealership? 
Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer and they have everything you could need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. An example for you uh, that we had uh, a while ago. I, I, I don't know where this example is, so just ignore what I said. But you can do it yourself. Just go explore their easy-to-use website today and find a solution to your auto, auto parts needs. I think I need my glasses on. I think that's the problem here. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box today? Now we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. All right, so I can't believe that we've got this far into the show before we bring this up. So here's another problem or concern that I have. So again, you, I think for the most part, we agree in general on Dante DiVincenzo, but I do have this sneaky suspicion that maybe he is on the move. So maybe we don't, uh, and part of that again, and maybe they'll do a minor deal that doesn't include those guys. But Horst, he's just, he gets stuff done. He's a deal maker. We've seen it over the years. He is a deal maker. So the trade deadline for me is 7 a.m. on Friday morning. So I'm not staying up all night. I got to get up early for work, but I'm going to wake up at about 6 a.m., which will be uh, whatever time that is, an hour before the deadline. And I'm not going to be surprised if I see a tweet notification that DiVincenzo or whoever it is, the Bucks have made a move. But my big concern is if they do trade DiVincenzo for one of these guys, again, a big type player or a Grant Williams is that they might be left a little bit wanting in the in the ball handling department. So I know people will say, well, Dante DiVincenzo isn't the safest ball handler. Fine, but he can provide that secondary option. He can create some stuff. Uh, would you like his finishing to be better at the rim? Sure, but he can get there. He is, a, he is a somewhat of a creator. So a couple of guys that have been brought up. Can I interest you... In a Goran Dragic, uh, as 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 the Bucks, if you if you're telling me Goran Dragic is what a trader bought out, and hey, oh, yeah. would you be interested in bringing him on board? Absolutely. Okay. All right. What about an Eric Bledsoe? So this one, I guess I'm indifferent on. Um, he would help you out in the regular season. I just. We've seen enough to know he, he probably doesn't play for you in the playoffs. And if he does, it's the Jeff Teague role where you look up and you think, man, Eric Bledsoe's already played six minutes in this game, but that that would be it. So I would be fine with that as a buyout guy, assuming that's not the only buyout move where you just bring him in as some backcourt depth to help get you to the playoffs. It's interesting with Eric Bledsoe because we spent a lot of time when he was here in Milwaukee saying, well, He's really miscast as the third star when he should be the sixth man. He should be coming off the bench. So, uh, look, I, I think part of it is that Bucks fans, I think for the most part, yes, I understand there was some frustration, but for the most part, uh, people like Bled, and it's it's yeah. kind of a shame to see that. Bud does. I mean, we heard over the weekend how much, how highly he still thinks of Eric Bledsoe. And, and yeah, I, I agree that, and I said it last year too, like, man, if, if Eric Bledsoe, somehow ends up with the Lakers and he's playing alongside that group. Like that is the ideal scenario for him. And that's basically the spot that you have with the Bucks now with the pieces that they've added around Giannis, where you're not asking him to be the third star. You're just asking him to be the sixth or seventh man. I think Bucks fans probably have PTSD with Eric Bledsoe in the playoffs. And, you know, again, I'd be fine with it as a, he was last year's Jeff Teague. He's just not going to give you shooting. He's going to give you some of that defense and the ability to really attack the defense and push the ball towards the basket. But 
he's not going to help you out on the outside. Well, I mean, let's be honest. He is also infinitely better than Jeff Tick. Well, right. I mean, he was he was fine uh, with this year, earlier this year with the Clippers. I mean, he had some moments. That's a big game, yeah. Yeah, I mean, again, he was shooting 30% from three or around that. It's not good. Yeah, he's not going to necessarily space the floor. Uh, but if you do need someone to play 10 minutes in a playoff game and you're asking me that you or you're telling me that you've upgraded from Jeff Teague to Eric Bledsoe, then, yeah, I'm feeling pretty damn good about it. I'm also feeling pretty damn good if it's George Hill. But again, I'm just wondering what the Bucks know potentially about the, the health status of George Hill and whether there is any concern about that. I was, um, you know, you, 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 um, you said basically, I forget how you put it, but you're, you wouldn't be shocked if they trade, traded Dante. I wouldn't be shocked either. I'm just, my stance is I would prefer not to. Um, I would not be surprised if George Hill is part of a combination of players and in a move because, again, the contract, he's one of those guys that's right That would be a tough Dante. pill to swallow. He might just quit it, and not play basketball. I mean, yeah. I, look, I was going to say that's uh, that's a really, really tough move for the organization to do that to George Hill twice. But we've seen how ruthless this business can be that – as you look up and down the roster and again, with a guy like I'm not saying it's going to happen, but KCP is, I think he's around $14 million that he's making uh, Dante. You look at his contract and, uh, and where he's at nowhere near that George Hill is at $4 million that he's making Dante even Chenzo is about four and a half million. So you're going to have to combine multiple guys. Everybody points to, well, what about Dante and, and Jordan war? I mean, Jordan war is a million and a half. So, it's not that easy. And the, you know, the other problem is as much, you don't want to trade them number one, but guys like Bobby Portis and even Pat Connaughton, who we just spent some time talking about, they have no trade clauses. So your hands are really, really tied with what you can do. All right. So as we said, most of this is speculation. We'll see what comes through. Honestly, nothing would really surprise me with the Bucks, just because I think there is a cap on what they're actually going to be able to do. There's going to be nothing wild, uh, whether or not they make a move or they just look to to something that they can do moving forward. And as you pointed to, there is a chance that maybe they move on one of these guys or in the future they're looking to just cut someone. Um, I'm sure they would prefer to just save that salary whether they uh, instead of just straight up cutting someone. But um, they might look to open up a couple of roster spots and see what they can do in the buyout market. Maybe it's a, a guy on the perimeter. Maybe it is a big as well. But I, I think either way, the Bucks are going to have an addition to the roster at some point here in the next few weeks. We'll just see whether it's the trade deadline. Uh, just very quickly, uh, do you think it's in the Bucks' best interest if James Harden stays in Brooklyn? Um, no. Well, oh boy. Um, I think, obviously, the Brooklyn Nets, as currently constructed, is a team I would still be concerned with going into the playoffs, all struggles aside. If he does go to Philadelphia, I guess it depends on what the package is. Um, but I, if I'm Brooklyn, I, I don't care what's coming out. And some of the reports from Windhorst earlier today, I still don't move him. Because as long as I have those two guys, and even if it's for road games only, I have Kyrie, I'm still a serious threat to win the title. And I know Ben Simmons gives you help on defense, but you're putting an awful lot on Kevin Durant offensively. And you, you make the team much tougher to defend. We're sure your defense improves, but you may no longer be an elite offense if it's all funneling through KD and depending on what the, you know, the, the rest of the groupings on the floor are. So I still feel like if I'm running the nets, I don't care what James Harden says. I'm not trading him. And 
if you're threatening to leave, go ahead. I mean, if you want to play in San Antonio or Orlando, the teams that have the cap space to sign you, more power to you. I understand Daryl Morey can do some maneuvering or try to to free up the money in the offseason, but go ahead and try to do it. Right now, your options are very limited. So we're fine with kind of bulking at this, and we're just staying status quo here. Yeah, I think for the Bucs, you probably – the if you're a Bucs fan and you're looking to see how this plays out, you don't want Philadelphia to have this uh, star join them, replacing no one. Ben I don't, Simmons want, I don't want Philadelphia – yeah, I don't want Philadelphia to get him if the package is basically Ben Simmons and one guy. Like, if I'm Brooklyn and you are dead set on, okay, I guess we have to move him, it's going to cost more than that. Like, if you really want him, you're going to have to pay for him. And the reports of Philadelphia saying, no, we're not doing this. Like, Philadelphia basically wants him for nothing if the package is Ben Simmons who hasn't even been playing for you all year. Well, that's exactly right. And, and I think, on as you sort of alluded to, I think if you're the Nets, the only way you trade this is if – Harden's basically said, I'm not playing anymore, which by the way, this is the NBA in 2021, 2022. You can't rule out anything there, but that's obviously going to be the headline act leading into the trade deadline. Uh, as far as this Bucks and Suns game, this is going to be awesome. So a 9 p.m. Central time tip. So again, uh, drink your coffee, Bucks fans, if you live in, in Milwaukee, that's for sure. But uh, like I said, I think this is going to be a buzzsaw that the Bucks are running into here. The Suns are 44 and 10 on the season. They're nine and one over their last 10. They've won three straight games. They're going to have a little bit of a motivation coming into this one. There's no doubt the Bucs will too. They're playing pretty good basketball. Giannis obviously uh, is looking excellent. As far as the injury report goes, still no George Hill and Brooke Lopez, obviously. Grayson Allen, uh, probable. He's been listed a couple of times with this hip issue here. And as far as the Suns go, uh, most of the big names are playing. Uh, Frank Kaminsky's, uh, sorry to say for the, uh, the Badgers fans out there, he won't be playing. Campaign's not playing. Dario Saric, obviously, still out. Uh, with that ACL tear that he had in uh, the finals. And then Landry Shamit is also out with a right ankle sprain. So some of the role players are missing, but all the main cast of characters will be there. This should be an awesome game. It's starting to get to borderline worrisome too, to at least uh, keep an eye on the George Hill thing that early on when he was appearing on the interior report, uh, the, the message we got from Bud was basically, yeah, we expected to be a couple of days. And then as the road trip approached, it was, yeah, we're hoping to get good news. He won't play on the first game or two of the trip, but we're hoping things will turn around. And now it's it's the whole trip that he's out. It, it doesn't seem like it's getting better anytime soon. So I would at least file that one away and keep an eye on it. All right. Make sure you check out the Locked On Bets podcast with your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. It's an interesting type of year for that type of thing. So listen to that show if you're interested. Uh, and other than that, uh, listen to the post-game Locked on Bucks. After Bucks and Suns, it's going to be a lot, another late night. I'm dragging Frank. I'm saying you can't go to bed, man. you got to come on. We've got to do this post-game pod. Hopefully he's in a good mood. That means the Bucks have won. <laughs> uh, but this is going to be one of the more anticipated games of the season. Obviously, we're a little bit biased here. We watch the Bucks on a nightly basis, but this is the finals rematch. Again, the Suns are red hot. I can't wait. I really can't wait. It's like the most anticipated day. I mean, you have the yeah, well, first matchup. Right with the Phoenix Suns, and it just so happens to fall on the trade deadline. Well, I did hear a lot of people, and there were some people in the YouTube comments saying, ah, national media, they didn't even talk about Giannis. And I said, look, this is the one day where I kind of understand it. It was bad <laughs> timing for Giannis to have this 44-point game because everyone's focused on uh, the fallout for the Lakers. And yes, look, it's the Lakers, but the fallout for that, the trade deadline, everything just uh, covered over what was a, a, a classic. Well, and, and look, my view is... Good. I, I would rather the national media not talk about you because so often it's what's wrong with this or why isn't this team playing? So you don't want to be a part of that conversation. And the Bucks have eluded that for most of the season. 
Anyway, just listen to Locked On Bucks. That's the solution. We definitely talked about it. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, obviously, as you're listening to this podcast, maybe news has dropped. Uh, maybe some things have been done that make us look silly. Uh, that's the nature of podcasting. You look silly all the time. So we'll see. But we'll, we will wrap it all up tomorrow. It's going to be a big day. So we're looking forward to that. Keep it right here on Locked On Bucks for all your news. But for now, for Justin and myself, we'll catch you after the deadline and after Bucks and Sucks. 